Welcome to the Welsh Rugby Podcast from Wales Online. Hello and welcome to the Welsh Rugby Podcast from Wales Online. My name is Matt Southview and tonight I'm joined by Andy Howell and Simon Thomas. Good evening, chaps. Good evening. We're going to be turning the lights out here tonight, Matt. It's gone midnight. It's gone midnight, <laughs> yes. We shall be getting through this one rather quickly. Um, what's wrong with you, payment? A night like I should be buzzing for a big night out on a town and you both want to go to bed. What's the matter with you? Uh, old men. Well, I'm old. Early day, early start tomorrow again, yes. You know, big win like that. Got to be back in here early. Um, where do we start, boys? Uh Pretty frenetic game. I remember looking up from my laptop as I was doing the live updates, and all of a sudden it was 25 minutes on the clock. I'll, I'll tell you where we went. start. I take it all back about Friday nights because <laughs> I really enjoyed that. I've been a big critic of them, and uh, the issues I have issues with remain. But that was a titanic tussle. Really, really good test match, and Wales delivered. That's the thing we're we talking just now, Matt. The mm. key moments they delivered. It was a big, big step up, certainly from that second half in Scotland, and then they deserved the victory. And yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah. I thought that you know they took their chances, a couple of chances. They took them. I thought they hustled Ireland out of their stride. They silenced some of Ireland's big name players in the forwards, like Sean O'Brien, Jamie Eastlip did a great number on them. Uh, Justin Tipperich and uh, Sam Wilburn, I thought that uh, were outstanding. Ireland as well. Mine was a lot of unforced error in their game. You know, they had uh, Keyman Sexton uh, Simbin. They also had him missing for a while with HIA. And, uh, you, you, you know, but uh, Wales managed to uh, keep him at bay. And uh, perhaps a bit of fortune went uh, uh, Wales' way, you know, with, um, when Ireland bombed a couple of uh, couple of uh, chances. But I don't think, you know, the Irish certainly can't complain about the result. Uh, what it showed is how good a side uh, Wales can be. Uh, and... Uh, it makes you wonder, you know, what they could have done in this uh, in this championship. Mm. That they should be performing at this level for it, you know, for the full eighty minutes on a weekly basis. I suppose the the person who perhaps embodies what you're talking about there, and is George North, um, been under heavy criticism so far in this tournament. Um, but he, he turned up today. He turned up for the first time in about two and a half years. Uh, seriously, that um, you know, he had a huge game. Uh, Got to hand it to him, uh, but you've got to ask yourself why he hadn't been doing it before. However, uh, I would have given him the man of the uh, match award because I think you've got to look where he uh, has come from and maybe we've got to take into account those head injuries he's had, etc. But you can see today that was the George North of uh, old uh, by how much he wanted it. Mm. He was really pumped up to hell, wasn't he? He was getting stuck in, he made some big tattles, he was driving with the ball, pumping his legs. You know, we haven't seen that down here for a while. I thought it was great to see him back uh, to that sort of form and I'm sure he probably played his way onto the uh, Lions plane he made 12 carries out there tonight <coughs> that's a big big contribution from a wing they've been talking about Wills wanting to get the ball in his hands more and they certainly did that and when they did get the ball in his hands he was very very potent you know the first try there was no stopping him you know cut inside Earls and took Zebo over the line and second try he scored as well worked along with, with Rhys Webb they're off a, off a, off a line out drive yeah it was, it was a big performance from him you know still maybe a couple of issues in terms of being targeted into the high ball but you can see tonight, you know, when he's on fire, just what he when he's on song, just what he does off as well, an attacking then, force. Then he brings more positives than negatives, doesn't he? Absolutely. And, you know, for a while he's been bringing more negatives than positives. Yeah, he'll yeah. be going to New Zealand now. Well, he, he touched the ball more times than he has than in any other game in this championship, as you already mentioned, so 12. Yeah. Um, All in, and that was from, in the first five minutes, wasn't it? Well, from the first, from his very first touch, I think he, he steamrolled Rob Carney and you just thought to yourself, right, he was up give it. him the ball yeah, as much as you it. can tonight. Yeah, and he looked for the ball. 
which is yeah. pleasing because he hasn't been looking for it, has he? He's been hiding a bit. Made 85 metres tonight. Yeah. Most, you know, most in the Welsh team and he was very, very effective. Yeah. All right. Um, another one I want to bring up is um, Lee Arfenny has been under a lot of pressure. Um, Wales weren't great under the high ball tonight, but he made a couple. Of, he had a couple of key touches. I thought he had a decent game. Was that a step forward? After because we were looking for a reaction from him after what we saw at Murrayfield with all the, the big kick debacle, and I thought it was going to be interesting to see how he responded personally to all that. What, what did you make of his performance tonight? Well, I just thought the debacle is you. Well, you claim was a debacle. Murrayfield was just one of those things. The one about his all round game. It became um, a debacle. Yeah, no, but his all-round game is. Oh, I say his all-round game. His defensive game was pretty good. Yeah, he makes the tackles. He positions it tonight again. He positions himself well in defence. Cover. He reads the game well. However, I thought he is short of some confidence. Dropped two high balls with no one near him, mm. which was a surprise. Don't forget the roof was closed. It wasn't the weather to think about. Yeah. Uh, so I was really surprised by that. And the one penalty he missed, you know, early on. Was you know it was an awful kick by his uh, standards, um, but I, I thought he some nice touches. Uh, people say he can't attack, but he for North's first try he took the ball, straightened a bit, and passed straight away. He knew exactly what he was doing as a creator there. However, I would give him a whiff against France next week because Wales. Give him now, a what? Give him a whiff. Rest him next week. A whiff. Play Liam Williams why? at why? fullback. I will tell you why not. We play Liam Williams at uh, fullback, and I would either bring Keelan Giles in from outside the squad or Steph Evans to play on a wing because as far as I'm concerned now the job is done Wales are assured of being in the top 8 of the world rankings for the World Cup draw so let's have a look at some other boys now who could for that tournament in Japan make Wales a more potent force give them a go now it's a great opportunity somewhere else uh, <coughs> the game was perhaps one side um, was at the line out Wales were well on top in that facet of the game and how often in the past you know I would suggest very on very few occasions have Ireland come to Cardiff or gone anywhere and had a pretty weak line out you know you, you think back to the days of Paul O'Connell and Donegal O'Callaghan just ruling that facet of the game but today Wales got a few steals and, and they looked after their own ball and Alan Wynne suggested afterwards that that sort of set the tone for the rest of the game. A couple of stats to look at there which are quite revealing. This is the best one for me. Andy picked it out when we were looking at the sheet earlier. Justin Tipperick, nine line-out wins. Mm. I think we think that's nine out of Wales is eleven, you know, and that's that's astonishing for you know a flanker and just shows how you know how, he, how well he can be flung up in the line-out and you know he's very athletic and takes the ball and he was a very very useful target. Um, Alan Jones made a big steal in the first half when Wales were under pressure with the Ireland kick to the touch. We won three steals off the Irish, Irish ball, you know, put uh, key, uh, Rory Best under a bit of pressure. And we've got to give a big mention again to Ken Owens. Mm. What a fine championship he's had, you know, 100% um, with his line out throwing today. Also put in 14 tackles and a few of those, you know, cannibal carries from him. To me, he is the absolute front runner for the Lions Test hooking jersey. He has been outstanding in this championship. Bit of an unsung hero, but I hope he really starts to get the praise he deserves now. The other thing is there is Warburton and Tipperish both made six, uh, eighteen titles each, mm. top the count. You know, fair play to Ireland in the build up to the game. They identified Tipperish as the big threat at the lineout, so yeah. that shows they know their stuff. And mm. Paul O'Connell on commentary tonight said it look at Justin Tipperish he's a player who's thinking ahead of everyone else high praise high, high praise, praise indeed from, a, from one of the world's greats touching on on Warburton and Tipper again we we'll, might as well talk about them now seeing as if they, they've um, come up 
we've mentioned that they were making tackles left, right, and centre for Wales. Mm-hmm. Um, perhaps they didn't get what they would look for at the, the breakdown. That's tonight. because of Wayne Bands. Because Wayne Bands. Let me get my words out tonight. You are full of energy, aren't you? You said you want to go to you. Wayne Bands. Wayne Bands doesn't allow much jackaling, so both teams know that. So they don't try and jackal. Is he going to be given? I thought he away. was pretty poor to break down tonight, Bands. You can well, call it what you want, but a penalty is a penalty, and yeah, there were a few out there that he didn't give. There was period. one right in front of us. I think it was George North, George North. over the ball. It was absolutely What have you got to do to get <laughs> a penalty? That one on the attack. Interesting. The penalty count was ten four against Wales. So I mean, we say. Doesn't officiate at the, uh, the break. I mean, I mean, we're for other things. We're we for other things, you know. And, and that, in a way, that makes the Welsh victory all the more creditable that they had the penalty count against them, and they still came out on top with their biggest win over Ireland since 1983. Mm. Well, that's good, isn't it? Mm. <laughs> That'll do for me. Are you born in man? When 1983? No. But going back to Warble and Tipperick, you know, it, there was a lot of debate, wasn't there, about the, the dual open side option, whether it was going to be something we were going to see for Wills after the success in 2013 against England. It was tried a few times, didn't really function, but this season it really has blossomed, I Hang think. On. Hold on, really has blossomed. Hold on, what are you on? Of course, it functioned in 2013 in a record. Oh, since then, I said. Record 30. No, no, no. no, 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 no. You didn't listen then, to what I said, did I? <laughs> well, I said it worked really well in that game, and it's been tried since then without repeating that success. But this season, that option of the dual open side has really worked well. Warburton has grown into the sixth position, slightly changing his game, more of a carrier, big defensive role, and Tipperick has always been a quality player and is now such a rounded performer at test level. It's a really good partnership. On, on that note, someone has just popped into my head. Dan Lydiard, he must be sat at home watching this. What's going through his mind? Well, it's getting over his knee injury, isn't it? That's what's going through his mind. Yeah, but... Right, he, he, well, you just said... That's what he said. He, he used to walk straight back into that side. I know, but he's out, he's, out, he's out of sight, out of mind, isn't he? Because he's had long-term injuries and that's the way it is in top-level sport, isn't it? Not Unfortunately, uh, people, someone gets injured... And, and, and coaches and the public think oh, who's going to play instead of him and they soon forget about people so at the moment damn it it's off the radar it's, it's he'll not, have to come back and perform for his uh, region it's not just him Jalupi Falatau as well mm. and Falatau came off the bench again you know but that back row unit has, has been okay. very very effective let's look at this other stat Ross Moriarty 16 ball carriers mm. you know the most joint highest in the game along with Zebo and Heaslev the most for Wales Big contribution. He's he's getting into this mode of giving a big hour, maybe coming off then. Mm. You know, does Falatel come back? You can't leave out of the flanker out. Does Moriarty lose yeah. his place well, for France? Uh, Falatel has been decent when he's come on, but he hasn't really pulled up any trees yet. He's Charged probably still down. getting back to match fitness. Mm-hmm. The charge done for Jimmy Roberts, victory clinching try at the end. Yeah, as well. but that was that was a, that wasn't a trade ma- and a regular sort of no, charge done, was it? I think Sexton was trying something extraordinary to try and win that save the game for Ireland. So he was taking a huge gamble and it didn't come off, didn't it? So you're taking that away from him, yeah? Oh, it could have been any. The Welsh player who happened to be in the, in that position in the defensive line, any of them could have charged it down because Sexton didn't have any right to be trying what he was. Uh, what he was. He's feisty oh, and by normal space. standards tonight, didn't he? I know, yeah. yeah. Um, be boxing sorry. down tonight, yeah. <laughs> One man who I think has been one of Wales's more consistent performers in the Six Nations, although he might shoot me down on this. Reese Webb had another fine game tonight, man of the match. He's printed his ticket for that flight to New Zealand, hasn't he? Yeah, he is our probably our most dangerous player, you know, in general terms. If you look at that first try, it was a lovely one-two with Scott Williams in midfield. He snipes, he breaks, he makes things happen. There's a lot of talk before the game about the battle between him and, and Conor Murray. Now, Conor Murray picked up an injury and had to go off after 46 minutes. Clearly, he wasn't himself after a while after taking the bang. 
but Webb certainly won that battle tonight. Mm. You know, I, for me, those were the two front runners for the Lions number nine test jersey, and Webb put his hand up in a big way tonight. He makes things happen. If you look at that second try, two crucial interventions from Webb there. Once Wales got the turnover, a lovely box kick rolled perfectly into the corner, which Halfpenny followed up, and then obviously from the line-out drive, just timed it perfectly. All the back row cover was sucked in. Zebo, no chance, had to come in, and Webb, Webb gave the little pass. He makes things happen for Wales. Yeah, and he exploited there. Sexton was in the sim bin. Mm. So I don't short the numbers. So Zebo had a lot of covering to do. What I want to do now um, is look at this from a bit more of a measured point of view. Put yourself back a little bit. I, as I was watching the game, second half, it reminded me very much of the England game. I felt like this game was going to be going one of two ways, and it was either going to go exactly how it went against England, or Wales were going to pull clear and, as they did, finish the game off. I think the difference in this game was that the key moments, everything went Wales' way as opposed to the last, you know, a few weeks ago when it all went England's way. Um, as such, I think we need to address one or two concerns that still remain in this Wales performance. And the first one, from where I was sat, I don't recall in the last few years ever seeing Wales that bad when it came to fielding high balls. Is yeah, that a concern? It was a, it was a concern. I mean... Uncharacteristic, in fairness. That's two games in a row. And now, it, 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 it's, I mean, Lee Halfpenny, you would put your money on him taking those two ones he bombed today. I think Bigger missed one as well. It's been an issue, and it's clearly something they need to address because if you don't address it, what's going to happen is teams are going to put you under pressure and target you in that area. I, I catch an eyeballs, mine is a practice and confidence issue. And How much kicking did Sexton do? Though? I mean, there was that one instance where they, they nearly scored Ireland when they cross kicked. Yeah. to the left wing and then straight away next phase they cross kick to the right well, wing that's it's their game isn't it clearly a tactic part of their game. it's a big tactic, part of their game and don't forget and in, a bill, in a couple of days before the game George Smith said we oh. won't willfully target George North and the, kick, the first opportunity they did is they kick on right him. On him. it's interesting Matt you talked about key moments we haven't really mentioned it yet there was one absolute pivotal moment in that game I think 69 minutes on the clock Ireland had an attacking line-out drive. It was inexorably moving towards the, the Welsh line. And in comes Mr Robert Henshaw. And if ever there was proof that back should stay out of uh, line-out mm-hmm. it was this because it was absolutely blatant. Came in in front of the ball from the side. Penalty against um, Ireland. And that was their big and chance he gone. definitely scored. Well, it was, well, it it was edging. He scored. It was edging. Yeah. He did score. He yeah. down. I think he would have scored without the intervention. Of oh, yeah. Well, Sch- yeah. Schmidt had no, no problems with the decision afterwards, but he did say, you know, Henshaw did very little to affect that more. There was also that, uh, I think it was a few minutes before that, when a Welsh uh, clearance was partially charged uh, down. It, and yeah. he ricocheted, didn't it, to uh, Furlong. Furlong, who was coming up fast on the rails. But uh, <laughs> he Liam fell Williams. in the final hurdle, didn't Liam he? Liam Williams gone. put a very important tackle in there, yeah. which forced the dislodge from Furlong. And uh, let's be honest, there was about a 10 to 15 minute period in that second half of Wales under the cosh. But as two years ago against Ireland, their defence was really heroic and they dug deep in that period and that was a crucial part of their victory today. Didn't concede a try today, that's always a positive. Yeah, that's right, because they closed so many Irish space, put them under pressure and forced them into errors. Sean Edwards will enjoy that, no doubt. Um, the other thing was I felt as though as soon as the... In, when they had possession of the ball, Wales, they, they'd go through phases and it, it would get to around the, the 10th or 11th phase and Wales hadn't made any sort of inroads and all of a sudden it would be, well, well what do we do now? They, they they almost ran out of ideas and when when that happens in the twenty two it's not a particularly fun sight to, to watch because all of a sudden it's amazing how confused things can look and it can be blatantly, you know, disorganized from where we were sat. So 
is it concerning for you that Wales sort of don't look as though they know where they're going if they don't make inroads immediately? I mean, all the tries came from what? We had the first phase. First phase. We had the the more first and the phase, try both from first and then phase. the charge down. I think all tournament pretty much the tries have come from first mm. phase. Is mm. it worrying that they sort of well, they are it, beginning to lose their way? They've changed because if you look at the Gatland game plan over a large number of years, a lot of the tries, large percentage wise, came from phase play, where it was all about physically hitting the game line, constantly challenging the defence attritional play, phase after phase, which sucks in the defence, going one way, then back the other until the uh, fatty's exposed in midfield for Shane Williams to run past mm. him or, or someone else in the backs. And that was a big part of our game. Now it's gone to the other extreme, where you almost get the feeling that if they don't score off first phase, they're going to struggle to do so. So that clearly is something that they have to address. I think there was one particular phase in the first um, uh, opening quarter, Wales went through a dozen or so phases, a lot of good approach work, and then one pass from bigger goes to Jonathan Davis, the ball goes down. Mm. So it's they weren't so many occasions today because if you look at Scotland, there were a lot of opportunities, and against England, there are opportunities in the 22. We didn't have so many today, but it is an issue. There has to be a way that when things don't come off from first phase, they have to be able to think on their feet enough to create something of eight, nine, ten phases. Yeah, let's give Alex King, the defence coach of the Six Nations, uh, the attack coach of the Six Nations, <laughs> some uh, credit because he's clearly uh, having a bit of an impact off this phase. The answer is uh, Sam Davis, though. I uh, think we should. Uh, they should start with Sam Davis against the French for the same reason as uh, Keelan Giles or um, or um, Steph Evans, because uh, everyone knows what Dan Bigger can do, what a competitive animal it is. So it wouldn't hurt him to uh, miss a game. Let's give Sam Davis a chance. World Junior Player of the Year in uh, 2014, and. Uh, you know, still hasn't come through. No one knows if he's still up to it. I'm doing earlier looking at the other players who've won that uh, illustrious award, and within a matter of months, nearly all of them have been uh, world stars. You know, it's typical in Wales. Oh, someone's you players got to have more experience, more experience within the Southern Hemisphere, New Zealand, Australia. Their mantra is: if you're good enough, you're old enough. Sam Davis, he would have been playing Super Rugby the following season, and may have been either of those countries. Outside half, you know, uh, after the um, last World World Cup, so give him a go. There's nothing to uh, lose. There's everything to gain. And do you know what? It might even make Wales a more creative and better attacking force. If it doesn't work, because he's obviously going to go on a South Sea tour in the summer, then carry on. Let's see how he goes there. If it doesn't work, I'll always go back to bigger and I'll pick someone else. Well, you jumped the jumped the gun a bit there because you've uh, you, you're ahead of the game again because those are my final points. That what do we do now? Wales are safely in the top eight. Uh, I guess you want to see changes. Uh, so, would you go along with what he's saying? Well, it's interesting, isn't it? Because you know we all, as a nation, pilloried and vilified Rob Howley for picking the same fifteen players and the same bench as well. And you know you have to give credit where it's due. He gave the players a chance to redeem themselves. And they did it, and, and I guess in that sense his selection was vindicated. You have to say that. So, you know, you probably, you, you guess, is that he would go very similar again for the next match. Um, I don't see really that will be many changes. I think the back division will be the same, despite what Andy said. I can see what the arguments he's making, but I actually don't think they will change it. Why not? Because generally he has, gone, that's, that's he has gone for experienced players. Yeah, you know, it's all, they, mathematically they can win a Six Nations title 
but it's, it's at best mission improbable when you go to the table. So why not take? Tomorrow, why not look the future? Wales have. Uh, Your only, argument is a coach. They've only capped. They've I'm only capped three they new. They've only capped three players since the 2015 yeah. World Cup. They're way behind the cue ball compared to other countries. The cue ball, the eight ball. The cue ball, in my case. <laughs> no, I know what you're saying. I, I, you know, I see what Simon's saying as well. Even though it may be what some people in my view is the logical thing to do now, whether. Wales will do it or not, isn't it? Yeah. You know what we what this has shown us is they are not going to bend to public opinion. No, 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 I think if there's there are changes, that it would be the ones we perhaps expected for this what, game, what? which was that maybe Charters coming in and, and plus more and Faletau starting, I, I, unless but, but, maybe he must have freshened things up slightly. Me in the front row, if, I don't know. If it, they want to be it's viable. a brutal game, that mind you, you know, we don't know yet about the bodies, what state they'll be yeah. in, you know. You know, if they want to be viable challengers of the 2019 World Cup, they're going to have to improve. As a team, you're always looking to get better, aren't you? So this is a golden opportunity to try a couple of players against decent opposition. Yeah. I think what you would say, you know, when you're coming to the end of this now, but it makes you realise that this has been quite a frustrating campaign because really they should have beaten England. They probably deserved to win that game. They were well in charge in the first half against Scotland. You know, should have gone on from that point to win the game. One today, this could have been a very this different is, championship. This, this is the championship it never was. They missed a golden opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on, on that note, I don't think we're going to beat Darwin tonight. And it's gone late. The lights are going off. We better call it a night there. Um, all right, there you go. Thanks for thanks for listening, chaps, and thanks for staying late to record this with us. Um, don't forget, you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes if you've got more to say. Yeah, we've just got the keys to lock up. <laughs> Hopefully the security guard's still here. Yeah, you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. Head over there and search for the Welsh Rugby Podcast. Um, don't Matt. forget, we, <laughs> the, boys no, are, the boys are gone. The boys have left me. I'm going to close the show on my own. Don't worry about it. Yeah, so we're going to be, uh, there's going to be lots of fallout from this game, as you can imagine. Don't forget, the under-20s are playing, and we'll be doing that live as well. And we'll also have a report from the women um, who also play tomorrow, so you can catch all of that on Wales Online. Come back! <laughs>